Introduction and Part One, Chapter One of The Kama Sutra of Vatsyayana by Vatsyayana. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording is by Mark Smith of Simpsonville, South Carolina. The Kama Sutra of Vatsyayana. Translated from the Sanskrit in seven parts with preface, introduction, and concluding remarks. By Vatsyayana. Translated by Richard Burton, Bhagavanlal Indrajit, and Shivaram Parashuram Bide. Note to the listener. As I am a native English speaker, I am going to attempt to pronounce the Indian names sprinkled throughout this text in a manner consistent with the normal English pronunciations of such combinations of letters. To people who actually know how such Indian names ought to be pronounced, I am sure I am going to wound their sensibilities, and so I offer my apologies in advance. INTRODUCTION it may be interesting to some persons to learn how it came about that Vatsyayana was first brought to light and translated into the English language. It happened thus. While translating with the pundits the Anunga Runga, or the Stage of Love, reference was frequently found to be made to one Vatsya. The sage Vatsya was of this opinion, or of that opinion. The sage Vatsya said this, and so on. Naturally, questions were asked who the sage was, and the pundits replied that Vatsya was the author of the standard work on love in Sanskrit literature, that no Sanskrit library was complete without his work, and that it was most difficult now to obtain in its entire state. The copy of the manuscript obtained in Bombay was defective, and so the pundits wrote to Benares, Calcutta, and Jaipur for copies of the manuscript from Sanskrit libraries in those places. Copies having been obtained, they were then compared with each other, and with the aid of a commentary called Jaya Mangla, a revised copy of the entire manuscript was prepared, and from this copy the English translation was made. The following is the certificate of the chief pundit. The accompanying manuscript is corrected by me after comparing four different copies of the work. I had the assistance of a commentary called Jaya Mangla for correcting the portion in the first five parts, but found great difficulty in correcting the remaining portion, because, with the exception of one copy thereof which was tolerably correct, all the other copies I had were far too incorrect. However, I took that portion as correct in which the majority of the copies agreed with each other. End quote. The Aphorisms on Love, by Vatsyayana, contains about 1,250 slokas, or verses, and are divided into parts, parts into chapters, and chapters into paragraphs. The whole consists of seven parts, 36 chapters, and 64 paragraphs. Hardly anything is known about the author. His real name is supposed to be Malanaga or Mrilyana, Vatsyayana being his family name. At the close of the work, this is what he writes about himself. Quote, After reading and considering the works of Babhavra and other ancient authors, and thinking over the meaning of the rules given by them, this treatise was composed, according to the precepts of the Holy Writ, for the benefit of the world, by Vatsyayana, while leading the life of a religious student at Benares, and wholly engaged in the contemplation of the Deity.' 
This work is not to be used merely as an instrument for satisfying our desires. A person acquainted with the true principles of this science, who preserves his dharma, virtue or religious merit, his artha, worldly wealth, and his kama, pleasure or sensual gratification, and who has regard to the customs of the people, is sure to obtain the mastery over his senses. In short, an intelligent and knowing person, attending to Dharma and Artha and also to Kama, without becoming the slave of his passions, will obtain success in everything that he may do. It is impossible to fix the exact date either of the life of Vatsyayana or of his work. It is supposed that he must have lived between the first and the sixth centuries of the Christian era on the following grounds. He mentions that Satkarni Sritvahan, a king of Kuntal, killed Malayavati, his wife, with an instrument called Kartari, by striking her in the passion of love, and Vatsya quotes this case to warn people of the danger arising from some old customs of striking women when under the influence of this passion. Now this king of Kuntal is believed to have lived and reigned during the first century A.C., and consequently Vatsya must have lived after him. On the other hand, Virahamihira, in the eighteenth chapter of his Brihat Sanhita, treats of the science of love, and appears to have borrowed largely from Vatsyayana on the subject. Now Virahamihira is said to have lived during the sixth century A.D., and as Vatsya must have written his works previously, therefore not earlier than the first century, A.C., and not later than the sixth century, A.D., must be considered as the approximate date of his existence. On the text of the Aphorisms on Love, by Vatsyayana, only two commentaries have been found, one called Jaya Mangla, or Sutra Bhashya, and the other Sutra Vritti. The date of the Jaya Mangla is fixed between the 10th and 13th centuries A.D., because while treating of the sixty-four arts, an example is taken from the Kavya Prakashya, which was written about the 10th century A.D. Again, the copy of the commentary procured was evidently a transcript of a manuscript, which once had a place in the library of a Chaulukyan king named Vishaladeva, a fact elicited from the following sentence at the end of it. Quote, Here ends the part relating to the art of love and the commentary on the Vatsyayana Kama Sutra, a copy from the library of the king of kings, Vishen Ladeva, who was a powerful hero, as it were a second Arjuna, and head-jewel of the Chaulukya family. Now it is well known that this king ruled in Guzarat from 1244 to 1262 A.D., and founded a city called Visalnagur. The date, therefore, of the commentary is taken to be not earlier than the 10th, and not later than the 13th century. The author of it is supposed to be one Yashodara, the name given him by his preceptor being Indrapada. He seems to have written it during the time of affliction caused by his separation from a clever and shrewd woman. At least that is what he himself says at the end of each chapter. It is presumed that he called his work after the name of his absent mistress, or the word may have some connection with the meaning of her name. This commentary was most useful in explaining the true meaning of Vatsyayana, for the commentator appears to have had a considerable knowledge of the times of the older author, and gives in some places very minute information. 
This cannot be said of the other commentary, called Sutra Vriti, which was written about A.D. by Narsingh Shastri, a pupil of a Sarveshwar Shastri. The latter was a descendant of Bashkur, and so also was our author, for at the conclusion of every part he calls himself Bashkur Narsingh Shastra. He was induced to write the work by order of the learned Raja Vrijalala, while he was residing in Benares, but as to the merits of this commentary it does not deserve much commendation. In many cases the writer does not appear to have understood the meaning of the original author, and has changed the text in many places to fit in with his own explanations. A complete translation of the original work now follows. It has been prepared in complete accordance with the text of the manuscript, and is given, without further comments, as made from it. Part One, The Vaityayana Sutra Introductory Preface Salutation to Dharma, Artha, and Kama In the beginning the Lord of Beings created men and women, and in the form of commandments in one hundred thousand chapters laid down rules for regulating their existence with regard to Dharma, Artha, and Kama. Footnotes Dharma is acquisition of religious merit, and is fully described in Chapter 5, Volume 3, of Tallboy's Wheeler's History of India, and in the Edicts of Asoka. Artha is acquisition of wealth and property, etc. Kama is love, pleasure, and sensual gratification. These three words are retained throughout in their original, as technical terms. They may also be defined as virtue, wealth, and pleasure, the three things repeatedly spoken of in the laws of Manu. End footnote. Some of these commandments, namely those which treated of Dharma, were separately written by Swayambhu Manu. Those that related to Artha were compiled by Brishaspati, and those that referred to Kema were expounded by Nandi, the follower of Mahadeva, in one thousand chapters. Now these Kema Sutra, aphorisms on love, written by Nandi in one thousand chapters, were reproduced by Shivadakatu, the son of Udvalaka, in an abbreviated form in five hundred chapters, and this work was again similarly reproduced in an abridged form, in one hundred and fifty chapters, by Babhravya, an inhabitant of the Punchala, south of Delhi, country. These one hundred and fifty chapters were then put together under seven heads or parts named severally. First, Sadharana, general topics. Second, Samprayogika, embraces, etc. Third, Kenya Samprayuktaka, union of males and females. Fourth, Barehigkarika, on one's own wife. Fifth, Paradika on the wives of other people. Sixth, Vyasika, on courtesans. Seventh, Alpamishadika, on the arts of seduction, tonic medicines, etc. The sixth part of this last work was separately expounded by Dattaka at the request of the public women of Pataliputra, which is Patna, and in the same way Charayana explained the first part of it. The remaining parts, that is, the second, third, fourth, fifth, and seventh, were each separately expounded by Suvarna Nabha, the second part, Gotakumuka, 
third part, Gonardilla, fourth part, Gonicaputra, fifth part, Kuchimara, seventh part, respectively. Thus the work being written in parts by different authors was almost unobtainable, and as the parts which were expounded by Dataka and the others treated only of the particular branches of the subject, to which each part related, and moreover as the original work of Babhravya was difficult to be mastered on account of its length, Vatsyayana, therefore, composed his work in a small volume, as an abstract of the whole of the works of the above-named authors. Part One, Chapter One, being the index to, or contents of, the work. Chapter Two will be Observations on the Three Worldly Attainments of Virtue, Wealth, and Love. Chapter Three, On the Study of the Sixty-Four Arts. Chapter Four, On the Arrangements of a House and Household Furniture, and About the Daily Life of a Citizen, His Companions, Amusements, etc. Chapter Five, About Classes of Women Fit and Unfit for Congress with the Citizen, and of Friends and Messengers. Part two, on sexual union. Chapter one will be kinds of union according to dimensions, force of desire, and time, and on the different kinds of love. Chapter two, of the embrace. Chapter three, on kissing. Chapter four, on pressing or marking with the nails. Chapter five, on biting, and the ways of love to be employed with regard to women of different countries. Chapter 6. On the various ways of lying down and the different kinds of congress. Chapter 7. On the various ways of striking and of the sounds appropriate to them. Chapter 8. About females acting the part of males. Chapter 9. On holding the lingam in the mouth. Chapter 10. How to begin and how to end the congress, different kinds of congress, and love quarrels. Part three about the acquisition of a wife. Chapter one, observations on betrothal and marriage. Chapter two, about creating confidence in the girl. Chapter three, courtship and the manifestations of the feelings by outward signs and deeds. Chapter four, on things to be done only by the man and the acquisition of the girl thereby. Also, what to be done by a girl to gain over a man, and subject him to her. Chapter 5. On the Different Forms of Marriage. Part 4. About a Wife. Chapter 1. On the Manner of Living of a Virtuous Woman, and of Her Behaviour During the Absence of Her Husband. Chapter 2. On the Conduct of the Eldest Wife Towards the Other Wives of Her Husband and of the younger wife towards the elder ones, also on the conduct of a virgin widow remarried, of a wife disliked by her husband, of the women in the king's harem, and of a husband who has more than one wife. Part five, About the Wives of Other People Chapter One, On the Characteristics of Men and Women, and the Reason Why Women Reject the Addresses of Men, About Men Who Have Success With Women, and about women who are easily gained over. Chapter 2. About making acquaintance with the woman, and of the efforts to gain her over. Chapter 3. Examination of the state of a woman's mind. Chapter 4. The business of a go-between. 
Chapter 5. On the Love of Persons in Authority with the Wives of Other People. Chapter 6. About the Women of the Royal Harem and of the Keeping of One's Own Wife. Part 6. About Courtesans. Chapter 1. On the Characteristics of Men and Women, and the Reason Why Women Reject the Addresses of Men, About Men Who Have Success With Women, and About Women Who Are Easily Gained Over. Chapter 2. Of a Courtesan Living With a Man As His Wife. Chapter 3. Of the Means of Getting Money, Of the Signs of a Lover Who Is Beginning to Be Weary, and of the way to get rid of him. Chapter 4. About a reunion with a former lover. Chapter 5. Of different kinds of gain. Chapter 6. Of gains and losses, attendant gains and losses, and doubts, and lastly, the different kinds of courtesans. Part 7. On the means of attracting others to one's self. Chapter 1 on personal adornment, subjugating the hearts of others, and of tonic medicines. Chapter 2. Of the means of exciting desire, and of the ways of enlarging the lingam. Miscellaneous experiments and receipts. End of Part 1, Chapter 1